it's outcomes that typically are what win the day when somebody's deciding on the use of time, resources, and money on this project versus a totally different project. You're listening to the Audible Ready Podcast, the show that helps you and your teams sell more faster. It's brought to you by the team at Force Management, a leader in B2B sales effectiveness. This show features sales leaders sharing their best insights on how to create a sales engine that helps you fuel repeatable revenue growth. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Rachel Klebmiller. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ready Sales Podcast. First, a quick plug before we get started for our online subscription platform, Ascender. I hope you've had a chance to check it out. There are short snippets of content posted almost every day on Ascender to help you stay on top of your game. We have courses to level up, including a medic certification and a community where we are hosting events a couple times a month. And that community is also a place where you can get deal advice and your sales execution questions answered. We have a variety of plans and the starting price breaks down to just about $10 a month. Click the show notes to learn more. You can visit us at ascender.co. We'd love to see you on the platform. Now to our podcast. Today, we're going to dive deeper into talking about outcomes with your customer and using them in the right way, expanding them to advance your deals. Brian Walsh joins me today to talk through this. Hi, Brian. Hi, Rachel. Brian, I know I quite often reach out to you for podcast episode ideas. And when I reached out to you about this one, you said, hey, let's talk about this. I think there's some places that we could take this outcome conversation. So let's first talk about positive business outcomes and what they are. So we're all level setting on them. Okay. So the good news is this is stuff that our clients are already thinking about. Yes. Right. Sadly, unless we put it on the table, a lot of times it's not the stuff that we hear. A lot of the stuff that we hear is typically, hey, these are my problems, or hey, I'm looking for a solution that can do the following things. Can your thing do that? And so we mm-hmm. have a tendency to get caught up between those two things. And hey, they're important. I'm not suggesting they aren't. They're both really important. What problem are we trying to help you solve and what's required to, to do that? But the reality is, especially you know, in the ebbs and flows of an economy where things sometimes start to get a little tighter. Mm-hmm. And even though there's been lots of good news recently, the economy is still a little tight for lots of, you know, everybody's a little nervous. And so, which means people are not just looking to solve problems. People are looking to get to outcomes to justify the decisions that they're making. But that's always in play, even in the best of times. In the best of times, When an economic buyer, somebody who has the ability to spend the money, or even better yet, take money from another part of the business and give it to another, when an economic buyer is trying to decide how they're going to spend their money and their time and their resources, because you can only spend those three things on so many things, right? Everything is finite. What they're really thinking about, and I'll I'll admit this is not a scientific study, but I have more than enough anecdotal evidence from talking to multiple executives over 30 years now that what they're really looking at when they make these decisions, whether anybody else knows it or not, is how will this use of our time and our and our resources and our money best get to some outcomes for the business? Now, the good news is those outcomes are also personal. They're not just for the business, they're for me personally, they're for my team, they're for my department, they're for our customers. So there's multiple legs that you go places, you, you know, threads you can pull on. 
for this concept of outcomes, but it's outcomes that typically are what win the day when somebody's deciding on the use of time, resources, and money on this project versus a totally different project. Not a comp not a competing solution. I'm talking one one project versus another. Is that tracking? Yes, right. And now we mentioned the tight economy. What are what are those solutions that are going to decrease costs? Those are probably going to win win the deal. You mentioned Brian. Uh, a lot of right at the top, a lot of times when we have these sales conversations, we're hearing from our customers, hey, this is the problem I need to fix. This yeah. is what I'm looking for. And that's great information for us as a salesperson. Right. Right. But what I'm hearing you say is that you need to take that and, and ex expand it to yeah, get to it's, the outcome. Yeah, it's the concept of, hey, great. Obviously, tell me more about that problem. Who else is impacted? How are they thinking about it? And there's always going to be a natural back and forth between some things I'm, you, might, you might already have in your head in terms of what you think you need to help solve for. But the third leg of that stool, and a three-legged stool is a lot more sturdy than a two-legged stool, right? The mm -hmm. third leg of that stool is, well, hey, Rachel, how are you going to measure success? Like, what are we really trying to achieve six months down the road, 12 months down the road? What's the ultimate outcome that tells us that this was a good use of our time, resources, and money? I think that's a really good way to phrase it too, because now I can, I, I'm ex, what I'm trying to do with positive business outcomes is expand your universe, right? Because I'm not, I, I don't want to get caught up in just a problem requirements, problem requirements conversation. Cause I'm, again, I'm, I'm missing the opportunity to do a lot of things, you know, look, positive, let me, let me go back a half step back for a second, positive business outcomes and, and taking the conversation from the problem to the outcomes the, the positive business outcomes is the path to all other things. It's positive business outcomes that is the real path to expanding required capabilities, to anchoring your negotiation strategy in something that's built on value versus built on a bunch of single line item requests like price or terms or capability, right? And it's also the concept of um, not only is today's positive business outcome conversation, the baseline for the proof point that you're going to look for six months down the road. But today's positive business outcome conversation is the path for your customer success and your account management teams to get the customer to outcomes faster, create value, and then do the cross sell and the upsells more effectively and efficiently. So that's why these are so important. Yeah. And you've talked a lot about building that positive business intent with, with your customer. And mm -hmm. this is that kind of crux move, as we say, where you differentiate yourself as a salesperson, because you're not just fixing the problem, you are driving key business outcomes, and you have a stake in that, right? You're positioning yourself yeah. and helping your customer see the after scenario, as we say, right? See yeah. how your relationship with them can really adds value to their business. Well, and you're, you're, you're really having both a qualitative and a quantitative conversation, right? The qualitative conversation you're having is let's talk about, about what life can be like for you, the business, your department, your team, your customers, like let's paint that picture. And then the quantitative conversation of the outcomes is, and how is, how are we going to measure that? And think about what's happening when you do that, because there's really a couple of things that happen when you do this. First is you're going to expand that conversation. You're going to expand why this matters to all four or five of those different groups, from your customers to your business, to your departments, et cetera. 
But the other thing you're going to do by doing that is you're going to expand the who you're talking to conversation. So now, instead of getting boxed in with the typical one or two people that we first meet, by having these conversations with them, you will start to do a couple of things. You will either open their eyes to the concept that there are other points of view here that matter, that we should get to the table on this, or you're going to learn something about the person in front of you that they don't see that bigger picture. And you can at least make an educated decision about who am I in front of and how do they view this, right? Are they someone who's who's interested in supporting this and putting their name on it? Are they someone who, who would like to see something happen, but they're not going to be the one to sponsor it? Or are they somebody who's trying to stop this for whatever the reasons might be, right? The other outcome here that I think is really important is that you're more likely to take whatever requirements that you came to, that the customer came to the table with, right? By having this outcome conversation, I'm more likely to take that list of requirements that you walked in the room with to solve your problem and do a couple things with that. I'm probably going to expand it by helping you realize, hey, there's three or four things you haven't even thought about that you're going to need in a solution to get to these outcomes. And the other thing I'm going to do is it's going to give me the ability to, and you kind of hit on this already, not only differentiate myself by how I sell, which is what you were talking about, but also start to differentiate myself on how my company and my solution gives you a better chance to getting to those outcomes through these required capabilities. So there's so much depth. I, I had something happen recently where somebody in, the, in a room after you know three quarters of a day with a few hundred people in the room said, hey, I, I have a question. If, if somebody called me right now and said they want to give me $25,000 that they have to spend before the end of today, should I take their money? And I said, well, first and foremost, like, are we playing stump the chump here? Or what are we really doing? Right? And I was like, what's the intent behind your question? Yeah. And, and they said, no, no, they, they were, I think they were kind of doing that a little bit, which is fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I said, listen, let's, let's have this conversation for a second. You know, and I, and, and oh, I then asked, how often does that happen? And knowing the answer was never, but that's okay. I said, okay, but let's, let's hypothetically play this out. If somebody called me right now and said, I have $25,000 to spend and I got to give it to you by the end of the day or I lose it, I'll take it. I'm more than happy to take that deal off the street. But I'm still going to ask you one question in that moment before I take your money. And I said to the group, what's the question? And somebody said, how are you going to measure success? I said, bingo. What are the positive business outcomes that you are trying to achieve? Because more than likely, if somebody's got 25000 to spend, they're, they're living in the world of budget, right? And someone's told them, spend it or lose it. So that means they're probably not like economic buyer status level. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to help that person look good in front of their economic buyers. And the way I help that person look good is by saying, Rachel, I'll take your money, but let me help you make sure that we're going to be successful. From the beginning, how are we going to measure success so that we all know where we're trying to go? Yeah, responsible use of that $20,000, even if yes. you yeah. didn't have to work the hard for it. So that you get another 20000 to spend next year. Right. And that's the game. So I, you mentioned earlier, Brian, the economic buyer. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about this outcome conversation. You also mentioned you might be talking to somebody who doesn't care about the outcomes, which yeah. is, is yeah. a flag. So who who's going to care about these outcomes? How do I find those people who is responsible for keeping yeah. the eye on the outcomes? Right. What a great question. I, I mean, as I was thinking about this conversation, I was thinking about what are the right ways to use this concept of positive business outcomes? And I think you just walked right through that door. So let's do that, right? 
and let me just back up a step or two, and but a part of my answer is going to answer your question specifically. I think the first thing you have to remember about this concept of business outcomes is they have to be real for that customer. You, I mean, it's really smart to walk into the point with into the room with a point of view of the type of business outcomes we're helping other people like you achieve. But in the end, the business outcomes that you and I agree upon for this engagement have got to be yours. They have to be real for you and your company and et cetera. The other thing is they have to be truly measurable for the business. Otherwise, they're technical outcomes. And I'm not saying technical outcomes or quali or qualitative after scenarios are bad. They're not. But in and of themselves, they're typically not enough to get an economic buyer all excited. And when it's all said and done, that's what we're trying to do, right? Positive business outcomes will get an economic buyer to act because they're real for them. They're a part of their performance review, those kinds of things, right? So the second thing is they have to be measurable. So I think a key point of this is it means you also have to be willing to do some work to help the customer baseline. Hey, if the positive business outcome is a 10% revenue growth, okay, great. What's the starting point? And what's our history been? You know, it's not just, oh, well, we did 100 million in revenue last year. So a 10% growth in that is another $10 million. Okay, well, what's your history been? Well, we were 3% the year before and negative 2% the year before. Well, is 10% even a realistic positive business outcome? And more importantly, if it is a real business, positive business outcome, what are we going to do to ensure we have operational excellence, which I'll get to in a second? Here's the third thing. You have to have executive sponsorship. If I'm meeting with someone who's middle or lower level and they're telling me that this is the positive business outcome, my first question is, my first set of questions is, hey, that's great, 10% revenue growth. Thrilled that you even know that because a lot of people at that level typically don't, but let's, let's assume we got lucky. But at some point when we start thinking about business outcomes, I don't want to just know who it, what it is. I want to know who owns this. Like, who's the person that has this positive business outcome in their performance re review objectives? Because if, if there's nobody assigned to achieving this, it ain't real. It's, it's just a science experiment or, a, you know, a pipe dream. I want to know who's the executive that actually owns this business outcome. How are they being attached to that? What happens if they achieve that? What happens if they don't achieve that? And typically, that's one really good way to start to get access up the ladder. You may not get access specifically to that person, but by starting to ask those types of questions, you're starting to say to the person you're in front of, hey, I'm serious about trying to help you get there. But I got to better understand the not only the why is this 10% increase in revenue so important, but who owns it and what's their perspective on it and how much do they really care about it? All right. And, you know, it's funny. I used to do a lot of large managed services projects. And that was one of the questions we used to ask all the time. We'd get people in a room, we'd talk about outcomes, and then we'd get them to agree on outcomes. And we'd say, great, who's the highest level person in the company who owns that? And that's where the rubber would meet the road because we'd be able to look people there and say, look, whether you do this engagement with us or not, if that's the outcome and there is not an executive who is personally aligned and attached to that, this thing is never going to get off the ground. So don't bother doing it with us or anybody for that matter, right? Mm -hmm. Here's number four, and I got a few more. Not only who owns it, but who's responsible for executing on it, right? Who's responsible for the day-to-day how are we going to operationalize this and execute on it? Because it's typically not the economic buyer, right? You know, it's typically someone who works for the economic buyer and that person's got to be all in. And those two people have got to be aligned. 
So there's something else I can do with that as the seller and getting the two of them or the two and three of them, whatever the numbers of people are in a room together to help them understand how they're both thinking about this, right? Ownership for the outcomes, ownership for the day-to-day getting to the outcomes, right? There's two others. One is, I mentioned this earlier, but think about this for a second. Who wants to fight against an economic buyer's positive business outcome? The only person, right? The only person, right? Nobody. Who wants to fight about them? Well, you want to say nobody, but that's not always the case, right? There are often people inside of an organization for whatever reasons. I'm not saying they're all. They got their reasons. They got their reasons. Reasons are some people who are (laughs) sometimes not aligned to our economic buyers, positive business outcomes for whatever the reasons are. My job is to help them figure that out and understand it because, you know, if you run across that person, A, you've learned something really valuable, right? And it's, it's, it may be about the organizational structure or the political alignment, but I do think, and I'm going to say this twice in kind of two different ways here, but right here what I'm saying is positive business outcomes, in my opinion, are the ultimate anchor for any conversation. Because the moment we start talking about the outcomes the company is trying to achieve that are owned by Rachel, this chief marketing officer, or Brian, the chief revenue officer, or whoever, it's really easy for me to very quickly figure out, A, are you aligned with that? B, what role are you going to play? And C, it's really hard for you to start pulling me away from those if that's what somebody way up here cares about and it's business outcome related versus some one-off kind of thing or a technical spec. And I'm not saying those things aren't important, but you get my, hopefully you get my point. If you can attach everything back to positive business outcomes, you'll know how important that thing or that person is. And I think it leads to my last point here, which is, and I mentioned this really early, this idea that positive business outcomes are also the ultimate anchor for your negotiation strategy. Mm-hmm. Think when somebody shows, you know, the classic example everybody loves to use is somebody shows up with two weeks left in the quarter and says, hey, Rachel, you know, if you want this deal, I can help you get it done, but I'm in purchasing and I'm going to need another five or 10% discount. Right. And if you don't have positive business outcomes that your solution gives the customer the best chance to get to compared to others, it's going to be really hard for you to do anything with that price request other than maybe concede. But if you have positive business outcomes, you're in a much better position to say, well, wait a minute. My organization is aligned to help your company get to a 10% revenue growth target that your CRO and CMO are both aligned with. Why all of a sudden are you coming here and asking for some single line item request? What's the real, what's the real interest behind that request? Why are you trying to do that? And help me understand how those two things align. Watch what starts to happen. Now, there's a lot more to that, and we'd love to talk to organizations about value negotiation, but you get my point, right? Positive mm-hmm. business outcomes are the crux move to getting to great outcomes for both sides. Yeah, well said, well said, Brian. I think, you know, I, I write a lot of content and talk a lot about these topics, and I always say, you know, we have to add value in the sales process, add value to the customer. And what we're really saying here is aligning whatever it is to the outcomes, because that's how, that's the value, right? That is the ultimate anchor that you said, right? Do you know what else it does? You know what else it does? And it's real easy, especially for someone who's listening to this, who, who is carrying the number personally right now. 
uh, it's real easy for them to say, yeah, well, you're not carrying the number. No, I, I carry the whole company's number. So I'm, I'm still allowed to say this, right? <laughs> I think the other thing that this does for you as a salesperson in any role is if you're carrying the number, it's really hard to emotionally separate yourself from deals. I get it because it, it, it means so much at so many different levels. But if you are attached to positive business outcomes, it's a lot easier to look a customer in the eye and just say, look, this is about you. Whether you buy from me or not, that's an outcome. The question is, do you really want to get to this set of after scenarios and these positive business outcomes for you and the business and your customers? Because if you do, this is what's really required to get there. And if you're not up for this conversation, that's fine. I'll find a way to exit gracefully. Have a nice life. You know, I mean, and again, I know that's easier said in a podcast than it is in day-to-day real life, sure. but, it's, but it's true. If you focus on the customer's outcomes and what's truly required to get there, and you don't worry about the deal, the order, the right things will happen nine times out of 10. And I'll take those odds all day long. And it's a lot easier to make the right decision on the deals you're involved in. Absolutely. That's great motivation for us as we continue our day. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Rachel. All right. And this was a positive outcome for you. It was a positive outcome. Measuring (laughs) success. We'll see how many downloads this episode gets. (laughs) I hope a couple, at least three or four would be great. Yes, I'm sure it will do very well. Thank you to all of you for continuing to listen to the Audible Ready Sales Podcast. At Force Management, we're focused on transforming sales organizations into elite teams. Our proven methodologies deliver programs that build company alignment and fuel repeatable revenue growth. Give your teams the ability to execute the growth strategy at the point of sale. Our strength is our experience. The proof is in our results. Let's get started. Visit us at forcemanagement.com.